Hello and welcome to uh, another volume of the CRA Energy Chats. I am Katerina Kaflet. I'm the Associate Principal in the Energy Practice at CRA. And today I am joined by Jürgen Falsa, Chief Growth Officer at Inspired. The opinions expressed are those of the author and do not necessarily reflect the views of Charles River Associates, its clients, or any of its or their respective affiliates. This podcast is for general information purposes and is not intended to be and should not be taken as legal advice. Jürgen, can you please introduce Inspired to our listeners? Yes, for sure. Hello to everyone. Hi, Katarina, and thanks for inviting me to the podcast. Uh, so my name is Jürgen. Um, and I'm Chief Growth Officer Inspired, and I'm happy to to explain a bit what Inspired is and what we're doing. So Inspired is uh, nothing more than a fully digital power trading company. Uh, so we trade power on the short-term power markets, and we commercially optimize flexible assets there. And uh, the reason why we founded Inspired was exactly to take ownership for the energy transition and uh, bring more flexibility to the grid by just commercially optimizing them, incentivizing the owners of these assets uh, and keep them motivated to provide it to the grid. And how we do it is by a fully AI-based trading platform, which is fully automated um, out of our history and experience we had in the company. And we decided not to offer just a piece of software. We decided to offer a turnkey ready solution. So we offer our trading platform as a trading as a service approach. So we came turnkey ready with access to the European power exchanges uh, and market the flexibilities of our clients on the short-term power markets and support the energy transition by that. That was it in a nutshell. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um... It sounds like a very interesting and challenging mission and uh, definitely a super interesting business model. Uh, before we dive uh, deeper into that, uh, could you uh, maybe um, mention a bit more about who are then your customers? What type of companies uh, do you work with in terms of size, geography, needs? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so. Maybe also to give a bit this um, this story to to our dear listeners. So the the initial idea was, as already mentioned, to really support the owners of assets, especially maybe owners of uh, assets that are not able of accessing the power market, having their own trading task. Uh, but at the end, it figured out that uh, every kind of asset owner could be our client and is already our client. So really um, doing our service or providing our service to big utilities uh, and just providing our service for very dedicated assets like storage uh, and uh, just providing our knowledge there for dedicated use cases if they already have a trading desk, but also, of course, for smaller utilities, municipalities, and also typically assets owner like industry, also the operators of virtual power plants. Uh, so everybody who is just looking into uh, how to optimize flexibility on the short-term markets without building your own trading desk, getting your own access to the power exchanges, or if you already have it, maybe if you want to have a benchmark and uh, compare what you are doing with uh, what an external company is doing. So we see a lot of different kinds of, of clients there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. And you mentioned uh, optimization of flexibility. 
So there are probably uh, multiple types of assets like storage or uh, VPP. Um, and, and you mentioned uh, that there are roughly seven types of assets that you kind of uh, group into. Could you, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So I would just take the first group, which I call, I call it storage, but there are several types of storage. So what we see at the moment is, of course, a big number of, of typically battery storage from different size, if it's grid scale, front of the meter, if it's in I scale down to residential. Uh, what is also storage related is of course, traditional storage like pump storage. Uh, and when we look into the future of storage, uh, there is also things like vehicle to grid and um, smart charging topics with electric vehicles. Um, to have already mentioned three of them, then uh, what else is there is VPPs, the typical approach of having aggregated volumes. Uh, and uh, then there are, I would say, the big groups of flexible generation, which could be any kind of asset in terms of being flexible uh, in generation and also flexible demand, uh, like heat batteries, for example, or the cooling houses, they just have a flexibility on the demand side as well. And last but not least, we also help the owners of renewables uh, to just minimize the imbalance costs by optimizing this part also on the short-term power markets. Mm -hmm. That's quite a, a broad scale of uh, customers that can benefit from uh, AI-driven uh, optimization. Um, so what differentiates uh, your offering from others? You've mentioned you are a kind of technological company trading as a service. So what does it uh, mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think to, to talk about what differentiates us, it's also good to talk a bit about the history. As Inspired was founded in uh, January 2020, uh, but uh, out of a team of very experienced people, typically like our, our founding team was like more than two decades in the energy industry and uh, especially related to uh, software and algorithmic trading stories in the past. So. Our background is out of this very, very uh, technology-driven part of the trading side uh, of, of the power exchanges. And um, so out of that, we decided by founding Inspired to really um, developing with all the experience out of the team, the, I would say coolest and fastest trading platform for the short-term power trading market again from scratch. Uh, and just doing it super smart. And this is where the big differentiation comes from because uh, we see other optimizers in the market, of course, they buy software um, from, from vendors um, and we built with all the knowledge we had uh, our own one. And there are several reasons for that, of course, to, to build your own software um, and get benefit out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe just to add on, few other stuff also next to technology, of course, I think we also decided for a quite nice, uh, I would say, setup of the company overall, talking about which kind of people are working for us, uh, also talking about that as it's fully automated, having a lot of data scientists, uh, having a lot of uh, trading related people, but we're not sitting in front of a trading screen, but really providing ideas, concepts and analytics for trading strategies. Um, yeah. so. I think it's the full setup and how we how we offer our service, of course, in the market. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, you mentioned that you have decided to to make your own platform, which is uh, one of the things that uh, quite a lot of trading companies look into, or even let's say route to market companies look into whether to make or buy their own software or how to how to access that. So, what were the considerations on your side, and what then you know persuaded you to to go into let's say a bit more painful in a way uh, route, even though probably much more rewarding in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think there are always pros and cons for each kind of, of decision. Uh, but for us, it was crystal clear to really build with all the knowledge we had, uh, just a very smart uh, trading platform. I think looking a bit from a higher level, I think there is generally the question of make and buy in the market. So also our clients have this decision. If they should go for a make decision and if they are maybe a big utility they even have all the technology or uh, a lot of people at least in house who can soft can do software development so they even may can decide to develop something on their own um, but i think so they have also to decide between make and buy typically we tend to to buy some software which is out in the market uh, and when it comes to like service providers as we are of course, you can then also do this make and buy decision. So you can make your own software, you can also buy third-party software from the market and then just add your, I would call it resources and your knowledge from a trading perspective. But we truly believe that this, this make decision or doing the own software brings us a lot, a lot of uh, advantage uh, for the future. Uh, first of all, we had the knowledge and we, of course, uh, had a lot of experience before uh, how to do it and what what's necessary and um, I think there is also all this especially looking into the future and how fast the market is developing at the moment um, you see a lot of um, I would say necessity or you, there is a lot of need to just improve your trading platform and your strategies on a daily basis. And it's not only the trading strategies, it's really also the platform itself. You should always consider about new markets, uh, new revenue streams, which are there, et cetera. And in the case you're dependent from a third party software vendor, uh, it depends how big is your logo, how big is the logo of your vendor and uh, whom you ask and how fast they will react and develop. So I think it just keeps us uh, at the forefront of the whole market by having our own software and all the specialists to really to move fast yeah, and develop innovative stuff there. Yeah, I think that actually kind of links to, to the point that when you are a smaller company, let's say if you are, let's say utility with uh, lots of assets to optimize where you may need different types of solutions or of software, or suites uh, to uh, optimize different uh, asset classes, then potentially you may look into getting the service done by somebody who can easier react to the market. So, uh, I mean, the kind of considerations you mentioned are probably considerations that are uh, at the mind of a uh, lot of other trading uh, participants. Uh, and we've heard that uh, also from our customers. So, uh, when I look into how you work then with this type of customers, let's say somebody approaches you and uh, they would like to get your support in optimization, let's say of a battery uh, assets. Um, so how how does that work? What's uh, you know uh, what's the path usually? To the beginning of 
your questions uh, what is it about like how the cooperation looks like and how to start um, so I think what I may already mention but uh, for sure I have to mention that this in this answer is that we are really uh, being very transparent with our clients from the very beginning why do I mention it when we talk about how to cooperate because the transparency starts uh, exactly there um, so next to the standard things of introducing our service to our clients uh, and presenting what we're doing of course we try to start early to the discussion of what what's the value of the asset itself so we work very open and transparent on what 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 is it about and what we can achieve um and showing really based on we call it back testing results so what would be the value of the asset in the past because we cannot estimate the future we don't have the crystal ball of course there are always forecast providers model providers what is flexibility what's the value in the future but where we can be quite exact is what was it in the past uh till the in the last 24 32 months uh till today and we can have an open discussion and just prove with our trading strategies in place based on all that data which are available in the market which we need at the end to develop our platform um maybe just explaining a bit so when we talk about backtesting it's not about having an excel sheet and putting some numbers there in a nice excel model it's really about running through the last 24 months of the market on a quite uh, accurate time scale so it's like we really trade as we have traded in the past so we end up uh, out of this um, exercise really with a quite exact number of what was the value of the asset and we share this of course uh, and we share it of course to to also be transparent on what would be the result uh, what we can expect from the future uh, and what does this mean for future cooperation also to be transparent on what is doable what is not doable where we can maybe improve something together because for us it's not like one shot thing and saying okay now we are optimizing an asset for a client and it's done for us it's more like the beginning of a cooperation and the continuous enhancement of uh, what we can do with this asset so there needs to be this uh, strong knowledge exchange between us and the client because we have to learn from the client also from the specialties of the asset technical restrictions maybe business restrictions of the asset and there we try always to improve and improve uh, and enhance the trading strategies which are linked to that and it is closely linked to also showing what was the potential in the past and the future at what stage of let's say a project if we talk about battery uh storage project are you or you would typically enter the picture it's a bit a mix and maybe all of it uh if you if I answer from the perspective what I want or what I suggest is uh, let's be part of it as early as possible. Uh, so we know that our part, the real optimization of the asset starts, like example, with a battery when the battery is, uh, is, is available and there and we can optimize it on the short-term power market. But we know there are a lot of questions which start when you develop the projects, when you do your first business case calculations. Um, so we are trying to do something also related to this value of transparency and open discussions. So we have, a, I would say, a very strong ecosystem uh, with all the developers, EPCs, investors, not with all of them, but with most of them. And we try to always enlarge our network um, and to really have active and early discussions about what is the potential 
of an storage in a country uh, with a dedicated revenue stream. Um, what is maybe the limitation of the battery because it's used co-located or something like that? Yeah, so always trying to really uh, explain and help out with the business case. Of course, we are not a consulting company, so we cannot do months of consulting, but being early in these discussions and giving exactly with this kind of backtest some ideas about revenue potential and discussions about what could be future revenue streams, I would say adds a lot of value in this process of developing the project, doing the business play case, talking to investors and banks and getting the financing done. Uh, when you are collaborating with developers, uh, do you have your uh, own, uh, let's say, price forecasts or do you somehow integrate those in your scenarios or how does that practically practically work? Yeah, <laughs> uh, good question. Um, yeah, so we are not the a bankable forecast provider. I think there are other companies out mm -hmm. there. I think I know there are other companies out there which are doing that. And especially also that we try, this is part of the ecosystem story. Of course, we, we are close in the communication with this kind of companies and really also to exchange our ideas with their ideas. So what are we currently already doing from a revenue perspective, which revenue streams we see in the future and also identifying what are the gaps from the bankable forecast between and what we are already doing. Uh, why are we doing that is exactly that, that um, of course, because the investors and banks are also talking to them to bankable forecast providers and they have then a different view or slightly different maybe than we have. And we have them to explain the Delta and it's good to know where this Delta came from. This is of course, one thing is uh, expected revenues and doing it bankable. And the other thing is of course, also like from our perspective, having in mind future revenue streams already years ahead or we already have ideas for what can be done in 12 months and beyond uh, which is definitely not part of a forecasting model from a uh, consulting agency which is providing this bankable forecast models now so there is no inspired bankable forecast but there is good explanation of uh, what is the difference uh, and the deltas in and why and how we see it in the future Maybe moving from uh, the investment stage when, uh, let's say, there's a project, there's an asset, you optimize. Could you maybe uh, mention some some of the case studies or some some of the examples, uh, maybe related to storage that could illustrate then how, how you how you work with clients yes. and, yeah, and yeah. what's possible to be done. Yeah. So I think good example is, is are things like uh, which was lately announced this. Uh, Battery we took over Krems with Germany for cost with capital, um, where it's it's also to be found on our web page. Um, and there it was also the fact that this battery was marketed before in pure FCR. Uh, and the idea was just to increase revenue steam by doing cross-market strategies, so increasing FCR and adding wholesales revenues to that, what is quite crucial as we see this year. Uh, because FCR prices were uh, dramatically going down in the last quarters and uh, wholesale revenue, of course, increased. And the major part of the revenue streams of this kind of storage is at the moment and wholesales. Yeah, but it still keeps some kind of the perfect combination of it. So there will always be ancillary services. There will always be different revenue streams. And our uh, yeah, belief is that it's always the right mix which is necessary and this has to be 
decided and we have had some nice webinars on that really on a daily basis because the market are super volatile and changing a lot. So it's really important to decide on a daily uh, approach, which market or with which part of the storage, which market to go to. And um, I think this is exactly that what this client was searching for, to being future-proof, to reduce risk and uh, just ensure the perfect revenue stream or the highest revenue stream for the future out of that. Yeah. Um, maybe adding some others of the ideas and the use cases and the assets we had mm -hmm. already at the beginning of our talk. Uh, so just like talking of the typical renewables uh, operator uh, and companies like Ökostrom in Austria, who just they don't want, uh, for example, building their own 24-7 uh, tra uh, trading desk for uh, getting rid of imbalances. And there it's just really this quite uh, nice turnkey ready approach of bringing a ready to use service there and, uh, and just avoiding costs at the end, yeah. If we look into uh, like other cases, we also do with our clients or clients of our clients, uh, because uh, this is what was not so transparent maybe at the beginning, but uh, as we are focusing really on this special service of uh, optimization on the short-term power markets, of course, there are other companies out there who are just bigger and able to offer uh, a wider range of services uh, so we also have active partnerships with companies who are just actively using us white labeled in the background for a specific part of their service for example because of geography um, so we we go the way of staying focused to what we are of course good in and trying or already offering this in several markets so we are actively working on, on austria germany uk Belgium, Netherlands, France, and looking into Spain and Italy for the next months. Um, so this is why we cannot just do everything in every market, but this is why we stay with what we're good in, which is doing the short-term optimization. I think there's going to be more and more markets where the short-term optimization is needed. So I think you'll have quite a lot of work uh, only uh, or when just focusing on the short-term markets. So <laughs> I think it's already quite a challenge. Yes. <laughs> to yeah. Um, yeah, maybe talking about uh, storage, because that's, I, I think, quite quite still a yeah. uh, topic uh, upcoming and also hopefully a way how, how we can make the energy transition happen. Um, were there any, let's say, surprises or myths that uh, you encountered in terms of expectations uh, when it comes to uh, prospective clients or peers in the industry? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good question. Uh, I really like that. And it, uh, I would say the last 24, 36 months showed a lot of these kind of surprises or myths behind it. I can remember because out of our history, we have also quite a long knowledge uh, in optimizing pump storage and pump storage is nothing else than a very big battery with, a, uh, with not the best round trip efficiency. Uh, but you can of course get a lot of knowledge out of that, which you can reuse then in storage. And I know when we, I can remember when we started the, the battery storage journey uh, two and a half years ago, there was a lot of questions around if you trade a battery wholesale or even partially on wholesale, you will totally uh, 
destroyed because you're doing 10 cycles outside warranty conditions, etc., etc. So the people were really afraid. And it took us quite a time to convince them that nothing weird is going on because what is the most important thing of a trading strategy is exactly to stay within the technical restrictions. So even if the market is providing a situation, you of course stay always within the, the technical restriction. If it's the, the number of cycles, the battery is allowed to do per day, the megawatt hours throughput, temperatures, uh, yeah. So, so whatever it is, uh, of course, we take care of it and it's just an input parameter. And you always try to just commercially optimize what you are allowed to do. And it comes quite well with just revenue stacking uh, because if you start stacking revenues, it, it typically ends up in an even more battery-friendly revenue stream because uh, you are using less cycles. And um, so this was the biggest miss. And I would say uh, over the last 12 months, we now achieved also in our ecosystem that everybody is aware of that it's really a good way how we optimize or how cross-market optimization could be done in general. And there is no fear, I would say the fear is gone and uh, which is necessary, of course, to make the story happen and to move energy transition forward. Yeah. So um, maybe going back to getting set up with Inspire. So if uh, you know one of uh, potential customers is listening to us and they are thinking, okay, so what does it mean? You know, how does it work? How we can get set up or test yeah. uh, the service? So uh, what does it take? How long does it take? Uh, yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> so from our side, it's 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 easy. Uh, I think the fastest what we did for us from the first. Meeting to having a battery life was six to eight weeks, something like that. Uh, and the way or why this could be done that fast is like we really have a standard setup for it in general. Uh, so meaning that we have a standard API, uh, which is typically then as soon as somebody wants to treat the battery is then connected to the EMS um, and it could be done on a demo system just to check the exchange, uh, uh, the, the data exchange, and when everybody's nice and fine, then of course we can just go live. Uh, so it sounds super easy, is super easy. I would say the, the most complex part out of it is not the technical side. Um, it's more like uh, discussing contracts and getting these things done by the lawyers, but we're also using their simple contracts to really get it easy, also to reduce risks. Uh, for our clients and make it easy to cooperate and start and stop cooperation, of course. Um, so we try to reduce any hurdles on, on the cooperation. And um, yeah, of course, and everybody knows who is listening now maybe uh, that yes, even if the fastest one was six to eight weeks, yes, of course, there are sometimes special setups where you have to talk about what is the technical setup, what is there on the battery side, what has to be developed maybe from the one or the other side to get it uh, done uh, but this is exactly what has to be found out in the first technical alignment call and usually i would say like more than 80 percent of the cases we see that it's going quite smoothly yeah that mm -hmm. it's uh, easy yeah mm -hmm. and i think then it's more like looking into the future, the future and getting that advantage out of the cooperation is there anything that the customer can test with you or is there like different types of membership or different types of services that you can provide you know depending on how ready the customer feels to to uh, yeah. commit or yeah uh... yeah 
Yeah, some kind of, yes. Um, so what we can do for a client and what we, depending a bit on the process, so let's assume we are in a very early stage and we get in, in a discussion of um, uh, what is the optimum um, setup of my battery and how can I calculate my use case. We also, of course, also, also have simulation services which are connected to the real exchange. So it's not uh, just doing some simul stuff. It's really like you can have a dashboard also, and we can actively trade and also have some knowledge in the background or some magic in the background, which simulates like which trades you get and which you don't get. So it's not 100% accurate, but it's close to. Uh, so we can just simulate the portfolio so that over the time where the battery the, uh, portfolio is developed or the business case is developed also provide some input for our partners on that. So we offer this as a small service for, for them. Um, yeah. And I would say this is a very nice first step if you're at very early stage, typically. And you can also use it, uh, for example, because if the battery is already active and live and uh, marketed in a different setup, it's also a matter of like contracts because it's not like available tomorrow. Maybe it's available in six months, in nine months. You can use also this kind of service then also to compare a bit what was the value of the battery traded with us and maybe traded with the existing service provider um, so there is a good a good simulation offering uh, which which is for these first stages what are the markets you are uh, finding uh, interesting to, to go into yes so I, I think yeah it's more or less what we have on our roadmap is of course what we find interesting so uh, I would say that uh, the typical ones is really next to Germany uh, UK with developing a big portfolio Belgium Netherlands France Spain and Italy but we always try to stay close, uh, meaning that we try to evaluate different uh, opportunities also like Poland, like Greece, um, and also, yeah, also smaller markets, Eastern Europe, just to, to not miss out anything. And we also look into other continents, of course, like Texas, uh, Japan, so US, um, but this is more for the long-term. Um, but knowing that the markets are moving, um, I would say the first five I mentioned are the most promising at the moment and the most interesting for us as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think there is also quite interesting mixture of what you can do with each market. So it's probably not boring, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but this is one of the main things I, and I link it a bit to what I mentioned earlier. So we stay really focused on, on our core business um, and we try to really get the, the right partners